I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that. Uh, Persevere when it comes time to fight. As a stranger here, 
I will never fear For the sun still shines regardless of the darkest night Seek fire in the voice To help you make your choices Learn to differentiate between the truth and the noises As a stranger here You must never fear For the knowing of yourself is cause for great rejoicing Great rejoicing Great rejoicing Asasea mpone mwa, awodie mwa, wosana ya adonidie. Mebewa medaimu, meti asea medaimu. Dre, dre, damadifadre. I am the earth and water, I am the full moon. I am the first mother, the universal womb. They call me sacred lotus, wisdom of the kind supreme. The mothership that brought the first terrestrial being. I come from distant planets, and now I have returned. I am the great goddess, come to you in human form. Mysterious by nature, I hold my magic wand. Cast my kairi shells and read them in the dirt I stand on. My power is electric, you feel it in my gaze. I will live on when others perish in the end of days. They call it I mortal, I move through space portals. My body turns to dust, I'm traded for a better model. I am the shrine keeper, civilization teacher. I am the sun's reflection and the divine receiver. I birthed the last giants, now called the juggernauts. When I designed the trees, I made the roots from my Nazi locks. I am the fertile ground, and I am heaven's skies. I'm made of dark matter and full of pure light. I'm just a tiny proton inside the smallest atom. I am a black hole, pulling stars inside my chasm. You think you know me, but my name eludes you well. I am your consciousness, and I'm your dream spell. I am but all things, yet I am none at all. Enemies fear me, but mostly they just respect and awe. Something, as we say, I'm compelled by a spiritual force that I cannot resist. Besides me, I share concubines by the shade. Um, which a, means? Which means a spiritual force that I cannot resist. inside my chasm. You think you know me, but my name eludes you well. I am your consciousness, and I'm your dream spell. I am but all things, yet I am none at all. Enemies fear me, but mostly they just respect it all. 
they always thought Africa was something dark and mysterious because of lack of knowledge. If you want to go to Africa, go back to Africa. You know, all those kind of negative things that try to make you really feel bad, but, you know, it just shows their own ignorance because I feel good about my Africanism. joyful exaltations and greetings to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Women Wednesday. I'm your host, Mariama Tane. Blessings, greetings, and love to all within the listening ear. Tonight's theme is the spectrum within the divine feminine. The spectrum within the divine feminine overstand all the different facets and views and hues that make up the feminine nature and qualities. We're going to delve into that subject today. Start off in the praise up as there is nothing new under the sun that the Most High has not given us guidance on. Starting off in 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 to 15. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things 
that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these virtues ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity, for if these things be in you, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged, that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fail. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Though ye know them and be established in the present truth, yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. To have these things always in remembrance. In Yeshua's name, the virtues, diligence, giving in all diligence, add to your faith virtue, add to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness kindness, and to kindness charity. That's the pathway to divinity. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the spectrum within the divine feminine. Blessings and grace.
away I seek up the fullness in the future of the clay These hands are rough and purpose to create From a mind unconfined that is designed to calculate Intuiting of the essence, awareness of the presence Of the whole beyond each individual part Master of the mind space, mason of the landscape With intelligence she access from the heart a spiritual woman is the greatest threat to the status quo The fruit she will bear The power she has access to The world and all perception are simply too subjective They cannot quench the yearning for the truth The evidence magnetic The source is alchemetic And this knowledge must be given to the youth She willingly releases as she actively connecting with the forces that she learning how to use. A spiritual woman is the greatest threat to the status quo. Nevertheless, never the why. Two plus two, two times two is the same in the eye. The mitochondria squarely proves how much of the blueprint she provide. The fullness of joy in a sober overflow. Suffer, say, refuse in a reverse, if you know. Strife, say, efforts in reverse, also, too. A spiritual woman is the greatest threat to the status quo. She has access to them. Tell you, you mustn't talk to yourself and keep away from selfishness. Eve brings sin to the world, so now we're punishing everyone born as a girl. This is the state of now. The Maya, the minds are trained and trapped in, so make we break it down. From the root of the square of the source that we tapped into Is more than just a number It is the first evolution of life But what is the truth of the matter? The latter is the fruit of the movement of sign Yes, sign is I-N Mathematical manifestation of life spiraling And the self-individual mind is what expansion of consciousness will help one to find And womb is a function of men We are not separate, all emanating from the same divine plan So persecution of the feminine Is the reason for the state the world is in a spiritual woman is the greatest threat to the status quo The fruit she will bear The power she has access to
break down the word feminine, right? Fem, it means wife, the Latin femina, woman, female, and nine, nine, celestial number of order, the nine worlds, the nine levels of reality, the nine spheres, the nine regular three-dimensional shapes, the five platonic and solid four stellar Kepler polyhedra, Mother gives birth in nine months. Nine appears in our body as the cross-section of the tentacles, like cilia, that moves things around our surfaces, and the bundles of the microtubes in the centrioles essential for cell division. The nine senses inward and outward, memory, cognitive, imaginative, common sense, hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting and touching the nine inward and outward senses and the ninth letter is the eye so the eye is in the eye overstand the female eye the fem eye the feminine the feminine now we're going to go over this evening some of the archetypes that make up the divine feminine Okay, and then the number nine, this number also has great occult mystery. It has the occult mystery of the cross. Um, according to sacred texts, it was the ninth hour that Yeshua breathed his last breath. So the nine is a deep number, and it's encapsulated in the femme and the feminine. Overstand. So the first archetypal structure is the goddess. The goddess is the archetype that provides transcendent experience, a reconnecting with source, and nurturing of divine essence. Here is a mystery, and an incalculable delving into the void, out of which all things come, the unknown deep abyss that is love. The goddess is the spark of life, the inspirational, dynamic, flowing energy of creation and evolution. She's the first primordial cause, the first cause, the originator, the progenitor, the creatrix, right? Her wisdom is unfathomable, intuitive, untraceable, and ever-evolving representing the mystery of the unknown and the unknowable, she ignites eros, desire, and vital forces, seeking new experience, new associations, new possibilities, new connections, out of stagnating old technologies and processes. The goddess connects one to a constantly elevating, transcendent flow of possibility 
and newness. She inspires one's soul to new heights of expression and connection with life in its magnitude and fullness. She resonates transpersonal, harmonious love for everyone and all beings. The goddess archetype is the domain of spirituality, mystical experience, and intuition. A woman in the fullness of her goddess archetype feels like this. She emanates dynamic energy, flowing, ever-changing, with boundless intuitive wisdom and creativity. Her presence is inspiring and causes one to feel renewed, stimulated, and revitalized. She is spiritually balanced, transcendentally driven, and emanates love to all in her sphere of life without distinction or prejudice. While she is the originator of ideas and solutions, she seeks collaboration and consensus in their outworking and manifestation. Able to present her stunning and glorious self to the world, whether the world likes it or not, she is absolutely real whether she is performing on stage in a leading role, supporting backstage, or simply content to be relaxing in the audience. She rises above superficiality and allows her authenticity to be her guiding force in decision-making and her actions. She is intrinsically connected to her intuitive self and she is readily able to marshal her personal power to her highest good. She knows that anxiety and butterflies that sit in her belly is simply her inner tigress preparing for her success. So the goddess creatrix archetype produces new creations. Unlike the other archetypes, a goddess creatrix functions as a higher spiritual aspect in some women. Rather than being developed, it functions as a natural aspect of their true spiritual being. At a certain level of consciousness, a woman realizes this goddess creatrix, which begins working through her, allowing her to create new manifestations in her career, finances, and life. And so it contains qualities of other archetypes, you know, it connects with the flow of life, creates new, new possibilities, originates new ideas, possesses intuitive wisdom, radiates unconditional love, and rejuvenates and heals those that she influences. And so, no one is perfect, overstand. And we have to stand in balance and checks within ourselves. And so, the shadow aspect of this feminine archetype and how to heal it is to question oneself and ask, how do I manipulate others, right? Do you doubt yourself or, the, or are you doubting the divine, right? Discover and heal the core of whatever your doubt is. And that can take time, understand. So that's the goddess. The next one is the high priestess. And the high priestess calls the connection in the realm of the bliss what you will. But there comes a time 
when everyone seeks a connection to spirit, universe, God, angels, so on, goddesses that preside over self-knowledge and cosmic connection. The high priestess is able to see herself as a minute organism in the ways of the world, both in the physical and non-physical planes, in the present and the future. She's a cosmic traveler, a time expander, and a sacred vessel for divine inspiration. She believes in disconnecting from the world every now and then in order to travel into a spaceless, timeless place of all-knowing. Intuitively, intuitively and effortlessly, wisdom, understanding, and spiritual knowledge are her gifts. She knows her calling and honors her destiny. Everyday matters don't concern her as much as the divine well-being of all living creatures. She is the gateway to the answers that lie beyond the great beyond. Prayer and ritual put her on a spiritual high that transcends earthly concerns. The priestess archetype is possibly the least known and understood, especially in the present patriarchal culture which dominates and subjugates women's spirituality. The priestess archetype is the domain of intuitive awareness and insight, that inner knowing, of secret or occult, that which is hidden, knowledge of the unknown and of the spirit realm. The priestess has a magical connection to the great, to the, um, to the great mystery. And the pregnant void, the mother of all creation, source energy, she is a connector, a facilitator between the material and the spiritual, a mediator of powerful spiritual, psychological, and emotional energies that make up who we are. The priestess calls forth and directs energies between unconscious and conscious awareness, affecting our material and spiritual sense of well-being. A woman in the fullness of the priestess archetype feels like she's the master of her spiritual and material realities, showing confidence of bearing that knows how to call forth from spiritual storehouses what is needed to transmute, transduce, and transform energies that would overtake or topple other women not in this fullness overstand. She is thoughtful and reflective, having depth in her presence and intellect. She knows how to detach from inner and outer storms and how to connect deeper inner truths and resources with her grounded experience of life. She sees a higher possibility and attunes to its resonance. She's not easily influenced by faddish impulses and brings power and confidence to difficult situations requiring change or shifting. And she does so with grace and insight. So the priestess archetype is intuitive awareness into the unknown. Awareness of other dimensions and realms. A conduit for healing energies grounded in her body. She has high discernment. She listens to her heart and has body wisdom. 
searches for higher knowledge. And so the healing shadow aspects, the healing the shadow aspects of this sacred feminine archetype, which is the priestess, is questioning oneself. Where am I over-subjective in my life? Where am I over-subjective? Is it difficult for me to be in my body and grounded? Are you so busy that you're not inside yourself? And the action is to ask a question from your heart and then take a walk in nature to experience your body and nature for the answer. Overstand for the high priestesses out there. And the next archetype is the queen, right? The queen mother, the queen. So perhaps the strongest archetype, yet most overwhelmed with expectation and duty, is the queen. It is she who is the authority and stewardess of the living space and the primary caregiver of progeny. Now the queen, I put the queen and the mother together, personally. It's, it's, it's the queen mother archetype because the mother is the queen. She's the queen of the household, right? So to give birth is the most profound accomplishment one may experience. Life giving life. Nurturing and guiding this life into self-sufficiency and fullness of being is the selfless goal of the mother. The most significant relationship one has with the mother of one's birth. That's where the most significant relationship happens. No other bond experiences such connection, attachment at all. It is the queen who brings order and blessing, benevolence, fertility, balance, compassion, fairness, and unconditional love. While the goddess, while the goddess archetype is the creatrix, inspiring vision and, and imagination, the queen births these into being and actively looks to their growth and prospering. The queen archetype is the domain of material manifestation, family, kingdom, sphere of influence, also material wealth and abundance. A woman expressing the fullness of the queen archetype feels like this. She is concerned with the well-being and happiness of her household and all in her domain of benevolent loving care. She is a nurturing, stabilizing, and a calming influence in all circumstances and supports the highest good and soul-aligned fulfillment of those in her household. Her demeanor is seasoned and carries wisdom with it, not adolescence or fickle impulsiveness. She's compassionate, benevolent. She's a queen, right? Deeply caring, expansively loving, even-handed, calm, persistent, caring. She's present and rejoices in the success and happiness of those who enjoy her care and self-loving. The image of a queen serves as a center for the mature order of things. The mature order of things. 
In former times, the worldly queen was also a priest, a warrior, and mother. Okay? Sometimes even the ultimate the ultimate archetype, the self or or um or goddess. It was rare, but it did happen. One example was born in the 15th century BC. Hatshepsut, daughter of Tutmos I, and Amis, both of royal lineage, gained the throne upon the death of her father. To have a female pharaoh was unprecedented. And although there were no wars, there were no wars during her reign, she proved her sovereignty. Overstand. She proved her sovereignty being a master politician, sovereign of self, a master politician, an elegant stateswoman with enough charisma to keep control of an entire country for 20 years. In all, Hatshepsut accomplished what no woman had before her. She ruled the most powerful advanced civilization in the world successfully for 20 years as Pharaoh. So the queen leader archetype is selfless and wise, incorporates the love, mother, and warrior. These are the authors, humanitarians, the mystics, the politicians, the queens, the scientists. They accept reality and they live in the present, embodies the full potential of life, experiences from the heart rather than the mind and her life and spiritual path are the same knows the unity of life lives in service for others and realizes everything is sacred everything is sacred so the healing that has to take place right for the balance the healing the shadow aspects of this sacred feminine archetype the queen archetype is it's for the queen to question herself. What is the fear behind my desire over control? What is the fear behind my desire to over control others? Right? Are you over controlling? Do I need to learn to love myself more because you're so selfless? Right? There has to be balance. And the action is to meditate daily to develop your spiritual being and decide to let go of whatever inner stories are keeping you locked in any kind of suffering, you know. And for the queen herself to see a healer or a therapist, to learn to stay with the feelings and sensations inside her body for her to understand what's happening. Because she's so present, she's overstanding what's happening outside of herself as opposed to what's happening inside of herself. Making sure all is well put together. She has to take care of the eye, right? The nine. <laughs> so the next one is the mother creator. Right? Now, I likened it also to the queen, but there's also another separate archetype, which is just the mother creator aspect. The mother is like the warrior today, the most controversial of the archetypes, because the 
because of the ideological former and current stereotypes. The stereotypes associated with, oh, you, oh, she's just a mother. She's a stay-at-home mom. Right? She's a mother. She's Oh, she's all into mothering her children. It's all about her children. The mother is a life-giver who maintains humanity. Who maintains humanity as the warrior clears the space for renewal and change. This is the one archetype that is distinctly different from male and female development. Just as the warrior is the most natural complement to the king and embodies a set of virtues that are necessary to defend the kingdom, the great mother is the most natural complement to queenship and the king. The explosive destructive energy of the male warrior archetype is balanced by the reproductive energy of the female mother archetype. The mother archetype is also the symbol of all that is fair, all that is beautiful, all that transcends material existence. These concepts are not merely ornamental niceties, but are a very center, the very center of being. The mother's virtues are intangible and ethereal, and they are often have, having to be self-sacrificial. The primordial mother embodies love, compassion, and trust. All these attributes are a two-way street for her. As happily as she gives the gifts to others, she receives them back unto herself. She never allows herself to accept second best because she knows that in order to shower love upon others, she must be ready to accept it in equal measure. The primordial mother revels in her self-respect, self-love, and self-appreciation. Her inner child is a reflection of her perfection. Her heart is open and willing to trust. She thinks love and she is love. And the mother archetype provides a domain of loving care. Caring and compassionate holds the center of happiness, the well-being for her household. Loving selflessly persistent 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 right mothers have to stay on top of things you know nurtures and and a stabilizing influence so healing the shadow aspect of this sacred feminine archetype the mother is the mother has to ask herself how can i heal the wounds from my own mother overstand cuz you might be overmothering from what you lacked, right? How can I learn to nurture myself instead of exhausting myself always nurturing everyone else? And am I codependent? And how do I become less codependent? Maybe you're not, but maybe you are. And so the actions here is to find, a, again, a... The mother needs a healer. The mother needs a healer. Whether that be acupuncture, acupressure, reflexology, massage, therapy, physical therapy, mental, emotional, physical therapy. You know? So those kinds of things are, are, are um, healing actions and healing questions for the shadow aspect of that self.
And another archetype is the warrior. The warrioress is the archetype is the least represented and understood archetype for women. Distorted and misunderstood by the dominant patriarchal culture. Any expression of warrioress is met with condemnation and judgment, belittled by some immature males. Warrioress qualities are decisiveness and clarity of thought, self-service, genuine humility, strength of experiential knowing, courage to do what is right, even when it is a it's a personal challenge to do so. Maintaining and supporting established systems and forms without rigidity. Loyal to a greater good beyond personal gain. She is selfless and maintains a warm, compassionate, appreciative, and generous connection to whom she serves. She fights the good fight in favor of benefiting the greater good and making life more fulfilling for everyone. A woman in the fullness of her warrioress feels like this. She is grounded confidence, calm demeanor, and strength of statue is evident and unheralded. She contributes without fanfare or directing or requiring attention. She promptly responds to requests of service, showing respect to all, especially to those elder to her, as well as other men, women, and children, animals, and the earth. She knows herself and finds her place in collaborative projects, finding fulfillment and contentment, participating without ambition and competition. The woman in the fullness of the warrioress makes you feel safe while not being oppressed by her support. She is decisive, easily responding from the heart without ego personality selfishness. Warrior queens have unshakable trust in their abilities to lead. Without hesitation, they are prepared to stand up for their rights and the rights of others who rely on them for security. They forge ahead despite or because of obstacles. They carve their own path and lead by example. They stay balanced in times of duress and connected to their traditions and sources of inspiration, whether they be at war or in peace. They are in tune with their physical body and respond to threatening situations rationally, and they are deeply concerned with Mother Earth and humanity. Now the warrioress archetype stands and fights for the truth. She's, she is assertive, athletic, she completes tasks, she's courageous, she maintains good personal boundaries, protects the innocent and the inner child. And, the, and so to heal the shadow aspect of this sacred feminine archetype, the warrior's, the questions that she has to ask herself is, where do I create chaos? Overstand. The warrior sometimes just likes to be in a war. <laughs> Right? So you have to ask yourself, where do I create chaos? Right? Drama fits or anger or, you know, fits of jealousy. And you got to check yourself for that balance. 
And where do I withhold love? Right? Where do I need to forgive? And who do I need to forgive? Because the warrior, she's just warring. She's she's just going according to the plan of, of, you know, whatever established situation she's in and fighting the fight and moving forward and taking names and asking questions and not really feeling it all the way. Right? There's like a surface play there. So the action here is to get in touch with the inner child, right? And find out what she needs. Ask your inner child what she needs. Write a letter to your inner self, to your inner child. Each archetype has a shadow part that is left vulnerable. And so we have to have balance, mod, right? The mod energy, the balanced energy so that our archetypes, whatever we carry within us, can be strong and fortified. And there are no vulnerable points, or very few, if we can help it. So I'm going to stop here and come back next week with the other five archetypes. And hopefully this um, touched ones and they were able to see themselves, the ones that they know or aspects within themselves that they can nourish and flourish with this information. In Yeshua's name, we're going to take a music moment and come back with the go and gnosis. Blessings and grace. I know I find, I know I self in a high one no way. It's a whole heap of folly. I take place. See? And the reality is, most decisions in aeration have been done through the masculine element. Which you know, say, is transient and temporary. No surprise that the final say female sisters we know have the strongest feminine element rising in a very serious way. I don't know what earth say and them a species in danger because the species survive through the feminine element. The feminine element will rise. Some of those want a sister who find themselves extremely energized, panic about it, you know. It is a natural thing, one must use that as an awareness of one's role in this time because it can't work no other way, you know. I tell you, sister, I'm bridging, it cannot work any other way. And I reach and don't really make any errors. Them sister that we say manifest the energy of the nanny, of the maroon, you know, the segment from out of Kemet, you know, the Shiva from out of India. You know, we can go on and on and on and represent the Empress Naya Bingi. Don't press has manifest himself in so many different forms, in so many disguises. But just as all know, so the lioness is the one who really protect the pride. You saw the ayat, they really protect I and I speech in this time, you know? La, 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 la.
Blessings and grace, and I'm back with the Go and Gnosis, your news infused with consciousness. I'm going to start off first on Bloomberg.com and Bloomberg Politics. Trump budget would swap food stamps for 100% American food packages. We're going back to the 70s, okay, with 100% food packages. In a budget proposal, most most recipients would get food directly. No more stamps or a EBT card or a SNAP card. You would get the groceries directly. A move projected to help save $214 billion over the next decade. And what would be one of the biggest shakeups in the in the U.S. food stamp program in its five-decade history? President Donald Trump is proposing to slash cash payments and substitute them with 100% American-grown food given to recipients. The changes outlined Monday in Trump's budget proposal would reshape the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, which supports roughly one in eight Americans by reducing cash spending by about one-third from current levels. The plan is part of an effort to reform SNAP and to save a projected $214 billion over a decade. It would give all households receiving more than $90 a month in cash a food aid package. Items include such as shelf-stable milk, ready-to-eat cereals, pasta, peanut butter, beans and canned fruit, vegetables and meat, poultry or fish, according to the proposal. Shares of Dollar Tree Inc. and Dollar General Corp. both dropped on Monday after the plan was unveiled. So shares in Dollar Tree and Dollar General dropped on Monday after this new plan was unveiled. Dollar stores hammered by Trump proposal to abandon food stamps. This so-called USDA America's Harvest Box, it's called the USDA America's Harvest Box, is a bold, innovative approach to providing nutritious food to people who need assistance feeding themselves and their families and all of it's homegrown by American farmers and producers. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue said in a statement, the program would provide food stamp recipients with the same level of food value as the current system, Perdue added. Reaction was muted on Capitol Hill. It was muted where both congressional agricultural committees are working on reauthorizations of the food stamp program as part of the farm law that expires September 30th. The task at hand is to produce a farm bill for the benefit of our farmers, ranchers, consumers, and other stakeholders. The task at hand is to produce a farm bill that's for the benefit of the farmers, the ranchers, consumers, and other stakeholders, House Agricultural Committee Chairman Michael Conway of Texas and Senate Agricultural Committee Chairman Pat Roberts of Kansas, both Republicans said in a joint statement, this budget, as with every other president's budget before, will not prevent us from doing that job. The food stamp program served 42.2 million people and 20.9 million households average during the 2017 fiscal year. The average household benefit was $254.14. Thus, 81% of the homes receiving aid would be included 
in this initiative, according to the USDA. SNAP assistance costs $68.1 billion in 2017, with $63.7 billion given out as benefits. Under the plan, the amount of food a household receives would be scaled to the size of the allotment, with about half of the assistance coming as food instead of cash. The USDA already buys commodities for other programs, such as the National School Lunch Program, and states would largely be in charge of distribution, the department said. States can distribute these boxes through existing infrastructure partnerships and or directly to residences through commercial and or retail delivery services. Of course, the the corporations have to get paid in this as well, the department said in a statement. The USDA also touted tightened eligibility rules for recipients, such as stricter work requirements, as well as changing income and benefit calculations to ensure benefits are targeted to the neediest households. Major agricultural and food lobby groups refrained from comment, while one anti-hunger group was alarmed at the proposal. The plan was to replace a system that's working with the Rube Goldberg design system of commodity distribution via food boxes that will be administratively costly, inefficient, stigmatizing, and prone to failure. Jim Wheel, president of the Washington-based Food Research and Action Center, said in a statement, Now, I'm very concerned... I do not receive food stamps personally, but I'm concerned over the fact that um, that that everyone's mute. No one's speaking out. There is no like rebuttal or obstacles be put in, being put in the way of this actually becoming real. You know, this meat in a box that you're gonna get this 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 chicken this fish. You know, ready-to-eat cereal, peanut butter that's government-issued. It's like it's rationing for somebody that's in an army barracks. So we have to pray that this gets thwarted and that ones that have a voice find it and able to shoot this down so that ones can have dignity and do their grocery shopping and pick their own food for themselves. And moving forward... um, the FBI has now tracked and arrested its first black identity extremist. Its first black identity extremist, according to the AtlanticBlackStar.com. And hardly anyone's talking about it. So, six months after the FBI issued a report inventing from the whole cloth the term black identity extremists claiming this group poses a terroristic threat to police, the first apparent case of prosecution of a BIE, black identity extremist, has emerged. The BIE designation has created concern in the black community that the FBI is launching a new COINTELPRO program targeting black activists who have committed no crimes, with more arrests and prosecutions of those involved in racial justice movements to follow. The latest chapter represents the FBI that has been familiar to black people for decades. While the Bureau only recently created the term black identity extremists, its methods, tactics, and orientations remain the same with regard to black activists. The FBI has a long tradition of treating black political movements as terroristic and enemies of the state 
and a threat to national security and public safety. A conservative white male-dominated organization, the FBI has always taken its cues from anti-black right-wing propagandists. On December 12, 2017 in Dallas, Christopher Dallas Daniels, also known as Rakim Bolagoon, was arrested during a raid on his home and charged with the unlawful possession of a firearm, the result of more than two years of FBI surveillance. As a foreign policy reported, federal agents held Daniel outside in his underwear and seized two firearms the government claims he is barred from owning due to a 2007 misdemeanor domestic assault conviction in Tennessee. Among other items FBI agents took from Daniel's home was a copy of the book, Negroes with Guns, by civil rights activist Robert F. Williams. They took one of his books. Williams was the first black leader of his era to support armed resistance to racial oppression. Following the Supreme Court's 1954 Brown v. the Board of Education decision, Williams had revived the Monroe, North Carolina chapter of the NAACP amid Ku Klux Klan violence. In response to assaults on black women that were being ignored by police, he organized black workers and veterans, filed for a charter from the NRA, and formed the Black Armed Guard. The group's the group repelled Klan violence against integration and protected the Freedom Riders as well. So Williams, who wrote this book, the book is about him, was protecting people and the Freedom Riders. Okay, I advocate violent self-defense because I don't think you can have defense against violent racists and against terrorists unless you are prepared to meet violence with violence. And my policy was met was to meet violence with violence, said Williams, a forefather of the Black Power Movement and the Black pa and the Black Panther Party for self-defense. And so according to foreign policy, the FBI became interested in Daniels in a 2015 from a video of him participating in a police brutality protest, which was posted on the right-wing conspiracy theory website, InfoWars. So he was in a police brutality protest, and the video of him being in that protest was shown on Alex Jones' show, InfoWars. And so um, the TV show who runs InfoWars is a valuable asset to the Trump administration. Trump uses the conspiracy theorists as a news source, reportedly called Jones three times in recent months, and has praised Jones and his amazing reputation. Okay, so FBI surveillance of Daniels and other activists extended to Detroit and South Carolina. The FBI claims Daniels openly and publicly advocates violence toward law enforcement on his Facebook profile and posted words of admiration for Micah X. Johnson, who killed five Dallas police officers in 2016, and Tremaine Wilborn, who was accused of killing a cop in Memphis, Tennessee. The FBI learned of Daniels through the right-wing propaganda out outlet, such as InfoWars, is instructive, demonstrating that the Bureau is politicized, and not in the manner in which Trump and his supporters believe it is. Okay? So they are prosecuting this man as a black identity extremist. So we have to send prayers out to this to this um young man so that he can find a way and find some representation that can effectively counteract this attack on his person. So blessings and strength to Christopher Daniels. And moving forward, 
Did you know that stores are now banning shoppers for too many returns? Too many returns. According to ABC News, many stores are now flagging serial returners and banning them from the return counter. A company called Retail Equation, whose clients reportedly include Best Buy, Home Depot, JCPenney, Victoria's Secret, Nike, Bath and Body Works, and Sephora, is keeping detailed reports in efforts to stop return fraud, which is reportedly a $10 billion problem each year. Sources say stores ask for your driver's license when making a return to enter your name into a national system, a national database system. Even if you have a receipt and the item is unopened, the company will collect and hold that data. While it may not say how many returns will trigger a red flag on your name, consumer advocates warn you to be careful with returns everywhere. ABC reports that it does not share customer profiles with other stores, which means that too many returns to JCPenney should not get you banned at Best Buy. So far. So keep an eye on how you're returning your items as they're keeping a database and they're going to start banning customers from returning items if they overuse that privilege. And moving forward, Nkosinthi Nkomo, a 24-year-old South African inventor of Cape Town Water Drought Solution. He's an inventor. He was an inventor of Cape Town Water Drought Solution falls to his death. And two months later, a white man takes credit for his invention. You can't make this up. Two months after South African inventor, 24-year-old Inconsinthi Uncomo died, a white industrial designer named Retief Cridge is reportedly taking credit for Uncomo's work. Uncomo, a Soweto-born student at the University of Cape Town, created a water purification system and a company called Aqua Renew, a product built to combat the water crisis in Cape Town. The severe water shortage reportedly began in 2015, and the island city gets its bulk of its drinking water from rainfall, which has declined significantly, resulting in three consecutive years of drought, report says. City officials have asked residents to limit their water use to a maximum of 13.2 gallons per day, and officials will reportedly take measures, extreme measures, dubbing May 11, 2018 as Day Zero, and day water taps for the city's 3.7 million residents will be turned off. Cape Town residents will not will then be rationed 6.5 gallons of water, roughly 25 liters per person per day. And so, Uncomo, a third-year civil engineering student, co-founded Aqua Renew, a gray water recycling system that purifies and recycles water already in use in your home. The system plans to cut household water usage by 50%. A 24-year-old Uncomo gained national attention for his, for his invention in October of 2017. Two months later, he was dead. He gained national attention for his invention in October of 2017, and then two months later, he was dead. The college student who had just raised enough money to fund his fourth year at the University of Cape Town to finish his degree mysteriously fell from the fifth floor of a hotel building in December 2017, and the the police reportedly stated they suspected no foul play.
The police are saying they suspected no foul play that this man, who's 24, invented this great invention to help his country, just fell out of a fifth floor window. Nkomo's father reportedly dispelled any thought of a possible suicide, saying his son was excited about his product and raising enough money to finish school. Cape Town police have been tight-lipped about the case, enraging many South African residents. After two months later, Retrieve Kriege, a white industrial designer, announced his invention, Waterloo, a gray water cycling recycling system that purifies water already used in a household. And there is an Instagram congratulating this man. So South Africans are furious. They took to, to, um, to Twitter to question the timing of Creech's invention and also questioned if he was involved in Nkomo's death. Blessings to this, to this young man's family. You know, he was taken at such a pivotal time in his life. And praise the most high, he was able to make that invention and so prayer sent out that, um, that again, thwarting this next person from stealing this man's idea. And hopefully, you know, he will have to suffer from having stolen. And moving forward, um, Trump's budget balloon deficits cuts the social safety net. President Donald Trump unveiled a $44 trillion budget plan Monday that envisions steep cuts in America's social safety net, but mounting spending on, on military, formally retreating from last year's promise to balance the federal budget. So he's pouring all this money into military as if we're going to war. So the Trump budget proposal makes clear his desire to enact massive cuts to health care, anti-poverty programs, and investments in economic growth to blunt the deficit-exploding impact of his tax cuts, the millionaires and corporations, said Representative John Yermuth of Kentucky, the top Democrat on the House Budget Committee. Some Republicans, on the other hand, said spending was much too high. The budget continues too much of Washington's wasteful spending, some say. Trump's plan aims at other familiar targets. It would eliminate, eliminate the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. It would eliminate the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, eliminate the National Endowment for the Arts and the National Endowment for the Humanities and the Institute of Museum and Library Services. These things would be eliminated. And the administration wants NASA out of the International Space Station by 2025 and private businesses running the International Space Station instead. Those are the plans that this president has and is in a budget that's going before Congress. We're going to take a music moment and come back with technology. Blessings and grace.
doctor, she a warrior Cousin, she a warrior Auntie, she a warrior Yes, I am a warrior My daughter is a
successfully target and kill off cancerous tumors. New DNA nanorobots successfully target and kill off cancerous tumors. Science fiction no more. In an article out today in Nature Biotechnology, scientists were able to show tiny autonomous bots have the potential to function as intelligent delivery vehicles to cure cancer in mice. These DNA nanorobots do so by seeking out and injecting cancerous tumors with drugs that can cut off their supply, shriveling them up and killing them. Using tumor-bearing mouse models, we demonstrated that intravenously injected DNA nanorobots deliver thrombin, specifically to tumor-associated blood vessels, and induce intravascular thrombosis, resulting in tumor necrosis and inhibition of tumor growth the paper explains. So the DNA nanorobots are somewhat new concept for drug delivery. They work by getting programmed DNA to fold into itself like origami and then deploying it like a tiny machine ready for action. The scientists behind the study tested the delivery robots by injecting them into mice with human breast cancer tumors within 48 hours 
the bots had successfully grabbed onto vascular cells at the tumor sites, causing blood, causing blood clots in the tumor vessels and cutting off their blood supply, leading to their death within 48 hours. Remarkably, the bots did not cause clotting in the other parts of the body, just as just the cancerous cells that had been programmed to target, according to the paper. The scientists were also able to demonstrate the bots did not cause clotting in the healthy tissue of the Bama miniature pigs, calming fears over what might happen in larger animals. The goal, says the scientist behind the paper, is to eventually prove these pots can do the same thing in humans. Of course, more work will be needed to be done before human trials begin. Regardless of this huge breakthrough in cancer research, the current methods of either using chemotherapy to destroy every cell just to get at the cancer cell is ridiculous. And now they want to have nanorobots go into your body and fight the cancer for you. And moving forward on fizz.org, invisible stretchable circuits to shape next generation tech. Electrically conductive films that are optically transparent have a central role in a wide range of electronic applications, from touchscreens and video displays to photovoltaics. These conductor functions as invisible electrodes for circuit wiring. Touch sensing and electrical charge collection and are typically composed of transparent conductive oxides, but they have a weakness. Most transparent conductors are mechanically stiff. Stretching the inelastic material causes it to break apart and lose electrical functionality. This inability to, su to support strain greatly limits the role of these existing materials for emerging applications in wearable computing, soft bioelectronics, and biologically inspired robotics. The displays and touchscreens used in these next generation technologies will require transparent conductors that are soft, elastic, and highly stretchable. So Carnegie Mellon University Associate Professor of Mechanical Engineering, Carmel Majidi, and his research team have developed conductive thin films that have unique combination of properties needed for these next generation technologies high electrical conductivity, visual imperceptibility, and low mechanical stiffness and high elasticity. Using a laser-based microfabrication technique, the team achieved these properties by coating the surface of a thin rubber film with a fine grid of metal that is, a, that is liquid at room temperature. And so the findings were published in Advanced Materials in a paper titled Visually Imperceptible Liquid Metal Circuits for Transparent, Stretchable Electronics, and Direct Laser Writing. So um, they're bringing this whole invisibility, <laughs> imperceptibility <laughs> into the next generation and shaping it around circuits. And on MedicalExpress.com, Medical, the, little, the letter X, press.com, scientists create functioning kidney tissue. Scientists create functioning kidney tissue. Scientists have successfully produced human kidney tissue within a living organism, which is able to produce urine, a first for medical science. Scientists have successfully produced human kidney tissue with a living organism which is able to produce urine, 
and it's a first for medical science. The study led by Professors Sue Kimber and Adam Wolfe from the University of Manchester signifies a significant milestone in the, in the development of treatment for kidney disease. The Medical Research Council and Kidney Research UK funded project is published in the journal Stem Cell Reports. Kidney glomeruli constituted microscopic parts of the organ were generated from human embryonic stem cells grown in plastic laboratory culture dishes containing a nutrient broth known as culture medium containing molecules to promote kidney development. They were combined with a gel-like substance, which acted as a natural connective tissue, and then injected into a tiny clump under the skin of mice. After three months, an examination of the tissue revealed that nephrons, the microscopic structural and functional units of the kidney, had formed. The new structure contained most of the constituted parts present in human nephrons, including proximal tubules, distal tubules, and Bowman capsules and loop of henne. So tiny human blood vessels, known as capillaries, had developed inside the mice, which nourished the new kidney structures. However, the many kidneys lack the large artery, and without the organ's function, will only be a fractional of, of, um, of normal. So the researchers are working with surgeons to put in an artery that will bring more blood to the new kidney. They have all parts of man almost <laughs> that they are putting together in labs of mice and men. And so we have begun and begun. Wow. They have made a functioning kidney tissue with living organism which is able to produce urine. This is a new step. And also on SingularityHub.com, this startup is dreaming of a global brain on blockchain. This startup is dreaming of a global brain on blockchain. Artificial intelligence is one of the most celebrated and hyped concepts today. From science fiction to the nightly news, AI has been making record headlines. Cryptocurrencies and blockchains once the territory of darknet denizens and righteous redditors are topics of conversation and even the most venerable and stodgy of publications. So what happens when you combine the two? Yes, a buzzword, Armageddon, but it's also fascinating vision for a future in which AI and blockchain converge. So decentralized blockchain technology may hold the key to tapping AI's potential in a democratized way, one that opens participation in the AI economy of the future to more than just a tiny handful of the largest technology behemoths. And blockchain may even be used to not only develop AI, but also potentially to function as the white matter linking today's narrow AI to a global brain. So Ben Gorzel... Gortzell, a leading AI research, thinks that the key to steering us toward the future in which AI is the best thing to happen to humanity is to develop an open, democratic, distributed way of using blockchain, which is why he's developing SingularityNet. SingularityNet is a decentralized platform for AI, so Gortzell and his team aim to build a blockchain-based infrastructure to enable various kinds of AI algorithms, from image recognition to natural language processing to flexibility, interact 
with one another in real time. The system will also be a way to track which algorithms are being used and to compensate developers accordingly. Instead of humans manually stringing together algorithms as the system develops, they'll be able to communicate data and coordinate processing with one another. In a system initial incarnation, a user who has a task to complete using AI, training a robot to dance, for example, will send the task to the system, which would then parcel it to various algorithms specializing in the different skills required to, to complete the task. So the developers whose algorithms are used to complete the task will be compensated by the system with the tokens the user spends to get the task completed. In the near term, Gertzer believes that this kind of platform can create more democratic and exclusive business and software frameworks for applied AI and allow work to flourish outside of just big tech companies. And so far, it's been a popular idea. Singularity's net December token sale raised $36 million and sold out less than 60 seconds. The hope is this decentralized infrastructure proves the best way to prove high-quality, low-cost, practical AI services to businesses across nearly every market. But Good Self Visions goes even further than that. The emergence of a global brain. Many great advances in AI thus far are narrow and apply only to a specific domain. An algorithm may be able to play games like an expert, but it can't do much else. The future of AI, however, is an artificial general intelligence, AGI. The future of AI, however, is the artificial general intelligence, AGI, where AI is flexible and can learn any tasks more akin to our own intelligence. Gertzel thinks blockchain projects like SingularityNet could get us there. In an interview, Gortzel said blockchain is a distributed way to operate a complex network of AI systems. Just as the human body has no central controller, even the brain does not control every system in the body, and within the brain there are no central controllers. A distributed blockchain-based network enables dynamic platform for the coordinated development of AGI without a dynamic, without a controller. So the idea is to stitch narrow AIs, which are somewhat analogous to brain regions into a whole system that functions like a brain itself. So we've gone from AI, artificial intelligence, and new expanding AGI, artificial general intelligence. We're going to take a music moment and come back with Herbnology. Blessings and grace.
and grace and I'm back with herbnology and I'm going to focus on aloe vera or the plant of immortality as called by the Egyptians has been used for curing several skin and hair related ailments for centuries different parts of this miraculous plant are utilized for different purposes and can be applied topically or ingested internally the nutrition list of aloe vera is very long and comprises of silicic acid, fatty acids, saponins, anthroquinones, amino acids, lignans, enzymes, sugars, minerals, vitamins, and let's discuss about the benefits of aloe vera. So it detoxifies the body. Aloe vera juice detoxifies your body by completely eliminating the waste products from your body. It absorbs all the toxins from the intestinal tract and flushes them out through the colon. It strengthens the immune system. Aloe vera juice contains polysaccharides that stimulate microphonages, which in turn prepare your immune system to fight against viruses. Its high antioxidant level makes it an immunity booster and helps combat free radicals. Besides being an antipyretic, it's used to thwart off fever as well. And it reduces inflammation. And anti-inflammatory properties, aloe vera soothe the inflammation caused due to abrasions, sunburn, razor burns, 
radiation burns, wounds, and cuts. It is of great help in alleviating inflammation caused due to other ailments such as psoriasis, tendinitis, and Crohn's disease. It also alkalizes the body. Though aloe juice tastes acidic, but it has alkalizing effect on the body. Starting the day with aloe vera juice is a good way to maintain hydration levels and keep a balance between acidity and alkalinity in the body. And it aids in digestion. Aloe vera repairs the lining of the digestive tract, thereby curing constipation. It's a great remedy for people with digestion-related problems, such as irritable bowel syndrome, diarrhea, and acid reflux. It also assists in weight loss. Aloe vera allows the sugar to enter into cells at a slower rate without being accumulated as fat, thus decreases the levels of blood sugar, and it makes you feel fuller for a long time, and it also helps to burn those unwanted calories. And it takes care of dental health. Aloe vera is a remedy for healing mouth ulcers and bleeding gums. It improves periodontal conditions, and it provides relief in gum abrasions, gum abscesses, cracked lips, and mouth sores, and it prevents heart attack and stroke. Aloe vera prevents clumping of the blood cells, making it less sticky. It maintains healthy triglyceride and cholesterol levels, consequently improves the cardiac performance and reduces the risk of developing heart attack. And it manages diabetes. Aloe vera has been an integral part of several sugar-lowering formulations. Cycloartanol and lofenol present in aloe vera reduces glucose levels and keeps diabetes under control. And it eliminates cancer tumor. Aloe vera is one of the promising remedies to obliterate the cancer cells. Polysaccharides in aloe trigger the production of nitric oxide, which in turn weakens the cancer tumors. It also aids you recover from lethal, lethal cancer treatments. And it protects in gynecological problems. This herb assists in proper functioning of the uterus. It treats ovarian and fibroid cysts. It regulates menstruation. It, it keeps a check on vaginal itching by obstructing, by obstructing the viral, bacterial, and fungal infections, such as candida and herpes. And aloe vera is perfect for enhancing beauty. It's a perfect makeup remover. Aloe is a perfect um, substitute for all base makeup removers. Since it's gentle and delicate on the skin, you could use it to remove your eye makeup. And you could refrigerate aloe gel soaked in cotton balls. Also provides a great compress for your puffy eyes. And wrinkle repair, vitamin E and C present in aloe are beneficial for the skin. It improves the skin's firmness and keeps it hydrated. A few drops of virgin coconut oil mixed with aloe vera gel is a great remedy to get rid of those fine lines. Aloe vera gel penetrates the skin almost four times faster than water. Its super emollient qualities deep moisturize the skin. And, so, and it also lightens the complexion, aloe vera uh, removes dark patches, and gives a brighter and glowing complexion. You can use it as a face wash, scrub, or an exfoliator. It supplies oxygen to your cells and it softens the skin. The best part is that it equally works wonders for any and every skin type. And it also strengthens your nails. Give a good massage to your weak and lusterless nails with aloe vera and it will strengthen them and restore their shine. And it's great for stretch marks. Aloe vera is a superb home remedy.
for stretch marks. It pampers your skin and helps restore its lost sheen. And it cures pigmentation. Aloe vera gel helps to reduce dark spots, dry flaky skin and freckles, and renders a healthy glow to the face. And it's good for dandruff. It treats the problem of dandruff. Simply, simply give a massage to your scalp with aloe vera gel and see the effects. Besides, it also prevents flaky and itchy scalp. And it also stimulates hair growth. If you want, you know, silky, shining hair, drink aloe juice. Um, the keratolic action of aloe vera removes dead scalp cells and breaks down the sebum that stimulates further hair growth. Moreover, the alkalizing properties of aloe maintain the pH level of hair and scalp, which is also helpful in hair growth. And it's an excellent conditioner. It helps you manage your locks, your hair, makes them volum you know, voluminous and attractive. So those are all of the wonderful things that one can use to benefit from the nature of the Most High in the form of aloe vera also known as the plant of immortality. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the metaphysics of the moment. Blessings and grace. Listen to the sound of the voice. You know love is the reason of my choice Back in the days I had in tears And I just to live my life with you Oh, ja Listen to the sound of the voice You know love is the reason of my choice Back in the days I had in tears And I just to live my life with you Time is now The fire burns and I know just standing in now The time is getting tight You better get ready for the fight Ready for the fight Ready 
faut changer l'histoire Elle part à la dérive À la dérive mes mots, non Le savoir et la sagesse Sont à portée de main
It is time you open up that metaphysical grave that had been dug for you, the part of you, the spark that lays buried. That is what's going to open you up. That's what's going to give you the ability to escape. Escape your metaphysical mind. Blessings and grace and welcome to the metaphysics of the moment. We're going to start off first with the metaphysical meaning of divine, the real world meaning of divine. Divine is godlike, godly, of nature of God, the Christ man, the divine idea of man, the logical process by which principle or God manifests. The logical process. The God mind, ever-present, all-knowing mind, the absolute, the unlimited, omnipresent, all-wise, all-loving, all-powerful spirit. There is but one mind, and that mind cannot be separated or divided, because like the principle of mathematics, it is indivisible. All that we can say of the one mind is that it is absolute, and that all its manifestations are in essence like itself. The divine mind creative power, the functioning of the principles of being, Spirit in action, mind is not a thing, mind is. It is that which, through orderly processes, produces things. Divine mind first conceives the idea, then images its fulfillment. Man, acting in cooperation with divine mind, places himself, herself, under the same creative law, and thus brings ideas into manifestation. Divine motherhood, the brooding, the nourishing element of the divine mind in which spiritual ideas are brought to fruition. Order is the first law of the universe. Indeed, there could be no universe unless its various parts were kept in perfect order. The facts of spirit are of spiritual character, and when understood in their right relation, they are orderly. Orderliness is law, and is the test of true science. The test of true science. And feminine, the real world meaning of feminine is the divine feminine in man is the mother phase of being. It's the mother phase of being the nurturing, the birthing. God, through his Holy Spirit, is the Father. And Queen, which is mentioned Queen of the South in Matthew twelve forty two, the metaphysical meaning of Queen is the subconscious mind, which is awakened when the wisdom of Spirit begins its work in the consciousness. The awakening stirs up both the good and the evil thoughts in man, and he must choose or judge them, not by intellectual wisdom, not by Solomon, but by the greater than Solomon, the Son of God in him. The Son of God in him. And Helene, Highland, is Hebrew. It means strong place, highland, mighty place, good place, place of 
virtue, place of virtue, which is a fortress, a sanctuary, a Levitical city of Judah in First Chronicles 6.58. It's called Halon and Joshua 21.15. The metaphysical meaning of Hylene is a group of thoughts an individual consciousness that is strongly fortified, a strong place, a fortress, in the goodness and truth, good place, the place of virtue, and in praise and prayer. These thoughts are given over to the Levites, once natural, religious, and spiritual tendencies, your natural tendencies your natural inclination, your innate observation of the Most High within you. And Zella. Zella is sheltering involutions, outer coverings, exterior envelope, protective shelter, sheltering wings, sides of a room, walls of a tabernacle, quarters of the heaven. Zella is a rib. Overstand. The rib. Zella is Hebrew for rib. A city in Benjamin in which Saul and Jonathan were buried in the sepulchre of Kish. Saul's father in 2 Samuel 21.14 and Joshua 18.28 the name is spelled Zela with an H. The metaphysical meaning of Zela. Zela is the same word that is translated rib in Genesis 2.21. It signifies the female principle in man. The soul. Which is not only within, but also enfolds, envelops, and protects, enfolds, envelops, and protects. When that which Saul and Jonathan signify comes to the end of the outer dominance and expression, it is received by the soul and gives place to the rule of a higher and more spiritual phase of love and will. The sepulchre of Cush in which Saul and Jonathan were buried, indicates that which holds as remembrance only of former power and dominion. The rib. The feminine principle in man. The soul, which not only within, but also enfolds. It's not only within, but it also enfolds and envelops and protects. And Milka, it's Hebrew. It's the feminine of Melech, a king, queen, rule, counsel, advice, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, a daughter of Zepohahed, who was the son of Hefer, of the tribe of Manasseh. The metaphysical meaning of Milka is the soul expression dominion. The soul 
expressing dominion, wisdom, and good judgment. The soul of man in its feminine aspect is intuitional and often perceives or senses things that why they do not appear to the outer or more active and positive phase of the individual consciousness should be heated by it. It should be heated by it. So it's the soul expressing dominion, wisdom, and good judgment. The soul of man in its feminine aspect, intuitional, perceiving and sensing. And the Hebrew word Hamaleketh. Hamaleketh means the queen. Hamaleketh was the daughter of Meshir and sister of Gilead. Her sons were Ishad, Abizar, and Mahala. First Chronicles 7.18 She was an Israelitess. And the metaphysical meaning of Hamaleketh is the soul lifted up by prayer and spiritual thought. The soul lifted up by prayer and spiritual thought. And Ruth. Ruth means female friend, sympathetic companion, desirable, delightful, friendship, pleasing and beautiful. A Moabitess who became the wife of Boaz an Israelitish man of Bethlehem, Judah. David was descended from her. Ruth was the daughter-in-law of Naomi and returned with her from Moab to, Beth to Bethlehem, Judah, in Ruth 1-4. Now, the metaphysical meaning of Ruth is the love of the soul in its natural state. The love of the soul in its natural state or the love of the natural soul for God and for the things of spirit. Ruth is a type of the beautiful, the pure, and the loving characteristics of the natural man, the sympathetic companion, the friendship, the female friend, delightful, desirable, beautiful. She was the one and the only that Naomi took with her back to Bethlehem, Judah divine substance, the real. In Ruth's words, in Ruth 1.16, it is represented human love, raised to divine love, by its willingness to leave the love of the unreal. It represents human love, raised to divine love, by its willingness to leave the love of the unreal, and to follow after the real to follow after the real, to go wherever true love leads, to be steadfast in that love. In other words, to love in the highest and best degree and to acknowledge and worship always the God of love. Ruth's loyalty to God and the spiritual life was rewarded just as such loyalty always is. Boaz and Ruth were ancestors of King David and of David's greater son, Yeshua, Jesus the Christ. Here we have the progression of a thought from simple, loving obedience and devotion to a mighty ruler of worlds. The spirit thought grows. The spirit 
spiritual thought grows. It grows very quietly and slowly at first, but gradually increasing, gradually increasing until it finally carries all before it. And the metaphysical meaning of woman, whenever the illumined I am, Yeshua, centers its attention anywhere in the body, there is at once a quickening of intelligence and a reaching out for higher things by the consciousness functioning there. Every part of the organism is under the control of a set of thoughts that direct and care for that particular function. The nerves are under the control of a thought that thinks about nerves, the muscles, bones, blood. Every department of the man has its distinct thought center. So we are made up of many men and women because the masculine and feminine qualities are equally distributed and they all work together in harmony when divine order is established. We use all these different parts of our being, but not understandingly. Not understandingly. In our ignorance, we dissipate the natural purity and strength of these obedient people who form our soul and our body. When we become illumined by spirit, a reform sets in, and they all reflect the new light that has come to us, especially so when we concentrate our mind on the life centers or enter into a house, Mark 7.24. There lingers in the mind that old idea borrowed from the limited vision of the Jew. The spirit does not include the body in its redemptive process, but the body cries out for cleansing and purification. Even the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. Good common sense should teach us that life is always present, throughout nature, a stream proceeding from the highest to the lowest. This understanding of the unity and purity of one's life brings healing to the demonized sense consciousness. She found the child laid upon the bed and the demon gone out. The woman with the alabaster cruise of exceeding precious ointment, Matt 26.7, signifies the forgiving love of spirit and her ointment is the conserved nerve fluid that is stirred up it's stored up in the secret recesses of the body the disciples thought that this precious ointment should be sold and that the proceeds given to the poor because they were in the outer consciousness when there's a seeming lack of vitality at times and not understanding the law of conservation they thought that their poor needs should be supplied first. Yeshua was passing through the regeneration and the sense consciousness of the flesh body was being crucified. The precious substance of love was consumed to the end that it might be brought forth as the vitalizing element of his resurrected body. This is what Yeshua meant when he said that the ointment that the woman poured on his body was preparation for his burial. And Elishaba is a Hebrew word and name that means my God 
is my oath. Worshipper of God, God of the seven, God of the oath, God of the covenant, God's oath, Aaron's wife, and daughter of Amenadab, Exodus 6.23. Elizabeth is the same name as Elisheva. The metaphysical meaning is the full assurance in the soul or feminine. See, soul and feminine are intertwinable. Understand. Love consciousness that God is a God of truth and keeps all his promises to man. In other words, the inner conviction of the soul. The inner conviction of the soul that the working out of the law of life and truth in man's consciousness is inevitable. It's inevitable and sure. Stand in the surety of that. That the inner convictions of the soul and that the working out of the law of life and the truth in man's consciousness is inevitable and sure. And as we broaden the spectrum on the frequency of the, of the feminine plane, okay, and see the adaptability of the nine as it folds inward and outward of itself, right? Overstand one plus eight, two plus seven, three plus six, and so on. It envelops and unfolds inwardly, inhabiting the soul, describing the soul, the soul of a woman. Overstand. We're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace.
blessings and grace. And I'd like to thank you for joining me for another offering of Women's Wednesday and um, musing on the Divine Feminine. I'd like to thank the frequency that um, helped express this energy. And that was just Shanna Tucker, Land of Milk and Honey, and Sun Ra, Godspell, DJ Fudge, It Began in Africa, Les Nubians and Makita, Sister Awa, Ja Voice Stub, Flying Lotus, Early Mountain, Jennifer Lara, Queen in My Empire, Timmy Regisford, Fly, Maisie Blue, Balance, I Am Woman, Tony Bowens, Ascala Selassie, Warrior Empress, Glenn Underground, Mental Black Resurrection, Zaki Ibrahim, Swimming, John Nine, Fem Nine, Knife, Bodhisattva featuring KB Mimosa, Reach from the Heart, Hadassah, Shigo, John Nine featuring Ake Becca, Greatest Threat, The Whitefield Brothers featuring Bajaka, Sarak the First Mother, and John Nine in a Voice. Blessings, grace, and love to all. Think of the goodness, all you've done in 
Should be crying. You make me wanna dance. 